yeah, we're going to Sayulita, Mexico. I found a jujitsu gym there as well, and I've already reached out to him. So I think I'm going to throw a gi in the gi in the bag. Go train with our friends down in Mexico. Um, I I think that uh, a lot of people, a lot of the reviews and stuff are people that have traveled there. So you get that they, I think they get a lot of visitors that come in. So yeah, we'll see if I have time for it, but I'm, I'm going to at least take a gi with me. should be a good time. So what are you going to do? What type of, what type of game are you going to take in there? Well, so I talked to Professor Raphael last night and he said, just, you know, be careful because you just never know how people are when you show up to a gym visit. But he said, give them the Jeff Plata. So mm. that's what I'm going to do. Give them the Jeff Plata. You can try to take some guys out. It's risky. Man. It's risky and unfamiliar territory. You always want to be a little chill, right? Like you don't want to be the guy mm. that's like setting the pace when you're traveling to somebody else's gym. Like you got to match. You got to. Unless you are just the alpha. <laughs> like, uh, man, the app, yeah. I know, but there's those, there are those interesting things of like a totally different game or a different mindset and different everything. Like when you go to a different country, let alone like a different school. Um, it's kind of funny because that's exactly like the last couple of days I've been getting kind of nervous about the fight to win. Yeah. Thing. And I'm like, oh, shit. What have I got myself into? Yeah. You know, yeah get, for those that don't get, know, get an email. Luke had applied to be on the fight to win grappling show. I mean, it's a show, whole event. And then I had told too many people. I was in a good back out stage, <laughs> but I told too many people. I still was in a pretty good back out stage until Raphael came back. And then Raphael was like, oh, yes. You know, I got excited. So then I was like, oh, shit. Now I got to go. Here we go. And then you start kind of like when you're training, you're thinking about, you know, because my, my thing is I, I play around too much. And I, and I, even when I'm serious, I'm still kind of playing around too much. And it's just like, it's more, what I mean by that is like mindset. And so I had to get to that, like, this is that kind of like the cool stuff I think people will do with goals and things that they, they try to achieve. Like, I'm saying I was scared because I needed this like I needed to feel scared you know what I mean and then have to get that mental change of like well this is this is going to be like entirely different than any training session where there's no training I'm going to just go nuts on this guy's head and I'm going to posture <laughs> I'm going to go insane I'm like because I think a cool thing of like my mindset and it's a lot it's a lot different than a lot of our competitor friends um I really don't care if I win. Like, I'm not there to win. I want to get respect. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to embarrass myself. If I lose, I feel like as long as getting respect is like banging it out with somebody hard, they don't want to fight you again. And it's like, as long as as I go up through this belt ranking system and I'm competing in these high-level stages, as long as I get respect at every stage for a journeyman, that is all I can ask for. That's totally You know fair. what I mean? I, so. like, I like that, right? In fact, I think uh, uh, Professor Rafael was on a podcast not long ago, and I think he says something like that of, you know, win or lose, like, we want them to remember our name, right? 100%. That they're going to have to earn it, like, make them earn it. If they're going to beat you, that they'll come back and say, I won, but, man, he was tough, yeah, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he was good. He was tough. I had to earn that one, you know, but I got him. It's like, okay, that's fine. I'll take that. But if it's like, uh, this guy was a scrub and I just tooled him up like that. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. 
Yeah, that's the funny thing about that that Masters Worlds that year when we were down there uh, is those matches I did win from absolutely just like, well, well, I got a little psych. That was Oklahoma City where it was all guard. But basically sitting in those positions, it was kind of funny because afterwards, you know, you get through the first guy and you see him talking to your next opponent. I, I did in my case. And I heard him, it's basically like, what's this guy's game? And the guy was pissed off because he lost to me. And it's like, he didn't have shit. He's just strong. (laughs) I was just like, well, that's the mentality today. This is game day. Like, this is like, I'm going to get respect out here. And I just out respected you there so yeah that's luck. fine if you want to blame it on because i was strong hey, that just means your jujitsu you, wasn't very you good got beasted <laughs> yeah so. sorry i was too strong for your jujitsu it must mean that your jujitsu is not very good <laughs> yeah uh, that's funny well it's a bummer that it is canceled um you know it'll be back the weather weather has yeah. been screwing with us every once in a while but man spring is right around the corner and i am that makes me happy because I don't I don't like the cold weather. I don't like the dark and the cold and the just all that. Mm. I love it. I just you know to be honest, nowadays I, I'm a I'm a cold weather person. But as I've started enjoying walking more and more and more, I mean that that disruption is tough. You know that disruption is. Uh, and then there's the times, of course, we want to say that we just like gut it up and put on some clothes and, and get out there and get some cold therapy as well and yeah i do but it's not nearly like when it's 85 degrees and i can spend hours outside and yeah. just enjoy the sun so yeah it's tough but yep we deal with it we'll get there i do want to bring something up we talked about i'm going to rehash something we talked about last time um that i don't know maybe this is helpful for other people and adds on a little bit of what we talked about because i'd brought up that I'd come in, done some deadlifts, and I was, I was doing trap bar deadlifts, and I'd kind of tweaked my back a little bit. And you and I talked a little bit about uh, just that issue. And, and so I've now done a couple different alternative styles of deadlifts. And so this may be helpful for people just to kind of understand what I just had to deal with to maybe find something that sort of like unlocks something like, okay, maybe this is a better alternative for me. Um, finding that maybe that conventional deadlift pattern perhaps puts my lower back in a position where if I'm doing heavy of that, it's a little compromised. And so instead switch to a sumo deadlift pattern that was much more comfortable on my lower back. And so maybe that's where we devote a little bit of heavier training and we'll do lighter training on some of the other more conventional patterns. And then we even went where the other day for that deadlift, raised them up a little bit, like took just put some boards there where it takes it three or four inches off the ground. And so now it keeps it out of that very last bit of the deadlift where, okay, now I've kind of maybe compromised my lower back a little bit because of how I'm doing it. And so, yeah, well, how tall are you? Tall. I'm six foot four. Okay. So then other people are like five ten, five yeah. eleven, six foot. And it's like the blocks didn't really change. Like it didn't, we didn't cheat the deadlift for you. Right. It's actually probably still further range of motion than most people. <laughs> than most people. No, but the, the, a very important thing that we that you said right there was the word deadlift in every variation that you said. Um, we named uh, suitcase deadlift. We named sumo kettlebell deadlift. There can be a sumo barbell deadlift. There can be a you know even a moderate sumo type stance. Um, even on a trap bar, it's not technically a sumo. The arms won't be in the middle, but you can still get a moderate power type stance. 
So there are all these different variations of the deadlift. The only thing that attaches us to the conventional deadlift is the sport in itself of powerlifting or the sport of, of lifting as much with the barbell. Um, but we're not talking about competition. And if we were talking about competition, we'd have to find ways to obviously be able to perform, but maybe somebody like yourself, if the conventional deadlift was the sport, okay, in powerlifting, and you have to perform that, that's your goal or your, that's your, your outcome. Um, but it also can kind of nag and doesn't work well with your body. Then, of course, there are experienced powerlifters out there that, you know, they, they're very um, intuitive with the event training, so to say, and they build and su- a supporting cast of, of outside training around that, right? So you can build it up with a lot of other stuff and still be able to practice the skill of that movement at lower loads and lower intensities and lower volumes maybe that won't irritate you. There's a, there's a powerlifting point of view for a athlete. But if it's anybody that's not competing in a sport of lifting, then that's the beauty behind physical training and physical um, culture and play is being able to find other variations of the movement. The movement, you know, because a, a deadlift is a, a loaded hip hinge. So there's, there's the movement. Now let's kind of maybe compare angles and, and leverages and positions and stuff, but our creativity and our ability to use any sort of external resistance and to put ourselves in optimal positions for better results is, is the game. That's what better trainers do. That's what better lifters do. Um, and that's what we should all strive to do is not be fixated in and dead set on one movement or lift just because other people do it or it's the, you know, it's a sport or whatever. Um, we need to stay healthy and train all sorts of variations and have all sorts of uh, uh, stimulus on the body and really figure out what works well with, with us. Yeah. It was such a tangible example for me of that idea that not every movement's for everybody that we talked about last time. And then also to find that, well, if something's not working for you, there's other options that you can still get that same benefit by finding the thing that does work for you. And it was like, Oh man, like I, I get, I finally get it. Like I get a little idea of what that actually means now having to go Let through. Let me it. point something out that kind of like goes with this. We've all seen like two very, very strong squatters. Okay. There's, and I'm going to kind of make it even easier to, to just like add a little distinction here. Let's say there's that big per, burly power lifter who squats, you know, 800 pounds. And it's like, holy shit. And then you see these Olympic lifters who squat a little bit different style and maybe get a lot deeper and they still squat huge poundages, definitely relative to strength to body weight ratio. Okay. One of these guys is banging and tearing up the joints and things at a, you know, whatever rate it is. Okay, the big power lifter is not moving. He doesn't have the capability of getting as deep and stuff. Now, to instill longevity of the power lifter, you might find that this guy squats only heavy once a week, once every 10 days, Does a lot, has a lot of other exercises that help keep him, you know, able, so to say. Whereas the, the Olympic lifter over here 
maybe squats three to five times a week. And you read these, you know, his program where he's squatting five times a week, let's say. But he has the ability based on his, his, his uh, natural genetics, one, and his ability to move, but based on his ability to move and stuff that allows him to efficiently squat more, okay? So these are two people who both are very, very strong in a similar exercise or a squat exercise, but dictated on what they can handle, what their body can handle. They have to take two entirely different approaches, okay? And that's kind of broad being a powerlifting and Olympic lifting. There's a lot of things out there, but that makes, you got to be able to think about that, that some people successful in the same thing as other people are successful in have two entirely different approaches. I mean, it's, it's that way. And, you know, we know jujitsu, we keep always talking about that because we know world champions, man. We run with, with some of the best in the world and, and you see this exact thing. They train differently. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. So it's good. Find the way that works for you. That doesn't tear your body into pieces. So yeah, you can do it I forever. mean, that is, but I've, you know, I've been listening to a lot of like different podcasts, reading different books and reading, just listening to conversation. And it really is like the industry, the talk around nowadays is starting to go back to just like do things correctly. Like I think longevity hit a big buzzword there for a few years. And now after things kind of hit their little buzzword and they're popular, the reality sits in. How do you become, how do you take action at really like increasing longevity? And if you're serious about that conversation, you find out like I have to just exercise and move and think and eat more efficiently. Like, period. I've got to change all these other things in my life too, to reduce stress and just live more efficiently. And it sounds hippie, hippie-ish when you talk like that, but we all know that like when we get everything in sync and we start treating, and that takes a lot to treat our physical activity to get it on the level of like really giving respect, not beating ourselves down, thinking that we're too far. Like if I will, if I really honor where I'm at, this is going to suck because you know, I'm 40 now I'm too far away. Like uh, that conversation gets, you know, we hear that with old people when they they don't want to start exercising and stuff. But the point to that is, it doesn't matter where you're at. You just got to get going and you got to stay and stay hungry with the process. Yep. You know? No, I think that's beautiful. What else are you want to talk about today? I kind of took that because it, man, it was such a good learning moment for me. And mm-hmm. I always like those. <laughs> it's always good when you can learn something, right? I was listening to uh, two inspirational figures of mine and two friends. Um, and teammates and all the above and teachers and Cameron Shane and Steve Cotter. They did a little Instagram uh, live conversation today. Steve Cotter always does these little Thursday live conversations that are really cool. Um, he's always, he, he was somebody that like used to provide so much knowledge in actual like physical education to me. And now it's very, it's, I find it funny that like he's become and he's not just the way I'm listening to him and I'm listening to 
his message and the things that he's trying to get across nowadays. And I really just find like he's become one of the most inspirational figures as far as just like growing, like actually, you know, being a good human being. It's kind of funny. It's like, then this person was like a fitness icon and you, I definitely pushed myself too hard in pursuit to be like him. And then now it's come full circle. It's like, you know, slow down, get everything, (laughs) you know, balance, balance is, is, is key. But those two were talking about a cool conversation, which is what we talk about every time. Um, but it's just always different language and it's, it's different context of the way people look at it. And Cameron was basically talking about that to really have a conversation about things, you have to see where something fits in everything you're doing, so to say. So the way he, you know, he might understand jujitsu enough to then be able to also see a body weight or a movement and then connect that with jujitsu and see its application, see where it's strong, see where it's weak, um, and ultimately gain knowledge on two fields at one time, like at an even higher level, if you, you know what I mean? Like, cause you're connecting mm-hmm. the full process of things. Now you have to be able to understand how you move your body is going to be how you're going to adapt to games on a on the mat in jiu-jitsu. It's going to be how you're going to adapt to resistance training, as we just spoke about. Your ability to, to understand and have better conscious awareness in each one of these areas gives you much more room to actually sit down at the table and have a conversation. So from our side of things, from the even the green strength pillars, let's say, if you really dive in and you start focusing on eating real food, moving daily, and consciously focusing on your breath throughout the day, every day, then your level of knowledge of having any conversation fitness-wise is greatly enhanced because you will have already seen how these things all intertwine together. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the funny thing behind all of this is, is, is we talked about with balance, where we threw life and stress and every single thing you can possibly think of, if we put it on the table, it's going to affect your physical health at some degree. And so the same thing with all this stuff. We just look, and their conversation was so beautiful, just talking about language, and they both have two completely different languages that you wouldn't even know if you didn't have the ability to sit down at this table, that they speak the same thing. So I encourage people to kind of go back and check that out and listen to them because they have a, a really cool conversation back and forth about you know, all sorts of interesting stuff. I'm going to go check that out. I didn't get a chance to see that today. It's been, I haven't spent a lot of time on social media today. Uh, it's, it's the way it goes sometimes, but uh, probably a good thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that... Uh, being able to have those people, that's one of the cool things about it, though, is that accessibility to people that have that knowledge. When you know who to listen to, right, you know who the the experts are and the people that inspire you and that you want to learn from, for them to have that platform, to have that conversation, even though they're not together or whatever, that's pretty 
pretty cool. Hey, you know, we've had Hiley on the podcast before, and uh, Hiley's a perfect example of this, okay? Mm -hmm. For so many times, I've been around tons of, of yogis um, and strong female yogis who can do all this stuff in their body on the mat. And the second you put them in some of the exact same postures and positions and you add any sort of resistance, they crumble. Okay, so their ability to truly have a conversation at the big table isn't there. Whereas somebody like Hailey is somebody who can speak the yoga language, but then also when you pull out this resistance tool, she knows oh, you're putting me in a posture and position, but then you're also asking me to stabilize an external you know, object here. Like she knows the game and she knows back and forth which both are efficient position, no matter what, with the load or without the load. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about the same position, posture and position, it's got to be, I mean, the, the stacking, the principles are the same, but then the other person knows even more and they know how to intrinsically, you know, connect to their body and create tension and, and stabilization. All, you know, so that's another perfect example of this, but... You, uh, let me kind of move on here because you sparked my mind because I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking like it's an obvious Instagram post that somebody could be turning like one of those good viral ones in the fitness industry. I don't feel like I have enough power and, and following to like turn <laughs> one viral really well, but I've been waiting for the one where it's just like, you know, there's a lot of when, when do we look at our damn phones, and we look at our screen time. That's been a topic of conversation I've had with several people, and everybody lives in a time now where that screen time could be a hell of a lot productive on, on a lot of days. But still, you open the phone up, and you look at a screen time, and you might see four hours, you know? And that was not there 10 years ago. Mm -mm. Like... We have so much time that we are wasting. And like I said, there's a lot of positive. There can, there can be some good things, but you know most of the time. It's just weird that something in our lifetime has happened so quickly, and now we are so addicted to it. Yeah. That addictive nature is the crazy thing. There's a, I don't remember the name of the documentary, but it came on Netflix, I think, and they brought in a bunch of people who used to be like engineers at, uh -huh. at Facebook and, and some other social media sites. And it's crazy how predatory it is. It's like, oh, yeah. it's not any different than like tobacco companies putting addictive chemicals into their product to try to addict you to them. I mean, it, it really is the same thing. It's just operating on this subconscious brain level of the little serotonin drip you get of fake internet points and and i get it man it's just crazy when you're like "Ooh, i made this too big like it i i mean yeah it's i i don't know man the world that i live in on social media is predominantly either sports or um fitness obviously besides where i get my escape is all sorts of like photography art um animals things like that where i like looking at you know cool stuff and in, in history maybe but i don't know this stuff with like influencing is another weird thing and it's like i know 
to a very small degree that's in my what I do in my future. I want to be more vocal in the thing that I'm talking against. It's kind of weird. Um, but you hope that like what I say is all you're really digesting from that thing and you get out there and start doing stuff. I don't, you know, it is what it is. But when following a lot of people recently, I've, I've joked with a couple of guys of friends of mine because influencing in the fitness world is just, it's out of control now, man. I mean, there's one that I follow predominantly very, he's got a blue chip, tons of people's highly successful podcast, very smart guy. I do think a lot of, a lot of really good things about him. But then I'm also like, dude, you're, you're just, you have so much in common with me. And what I mean by that is like, you can spit so much shit into the microphone, but how much you actually know about all that is so limited. Like you don't have that much time. You have like, you are, your time is spent doing this influencing stuff. And where it's starting to drive me crazy is where I start to look at the majority of everybody that I've ever come across. Okay. The majority of people I've ever come across, there's no way what the majority of these influencers are putting out there is it can even happen. And what I mean by that is like this particular guy, dude, every single waking moment that there could possibly be any sort of like turn this health or turn this into optimization or look how good well, you can manage your time and still be healthy. Like it does. And it's ridiculous. It's like, dude, okay, so not everybody can just wake up in the morning, do these breaths, walk out, get sunlight, ground, have, you know, this MCT oil while they do this gratitude journal and they get to also multitask, you know, when you're answering emails, at least go outside for a walk. And it's like, there's so much shit. It's like, we know. And our goal is to find these sort of things that can apply to our lifestyle. And all these things can work, but it just, it's driving me insane. And I'm, I guess I'm asking questions because I don't know how I'm supposed to be dealing with this. Because then I watch another one and it's like, all she is doing is posting links to just look like, you know, a protein powder to the Under Armour pants where her ass looks good and everything. And, And I know the sad reality of this is that those links are getting clicked like absolute craze. Like they're going nuts. Those links will get clicked way more than a here is an actual scientific evidence. CDC even agrees a healthy protocol naturally to fight COVID. They'd still buy the damn pants over this stuff. I mean, it's, it's insane. And the irony and where I'm going with this is that I know these people. I know a lot of these influencers. I've been around them. They don't like, we all live pretty similar lifestyles. Okay. They don't take all that shit all the time. You know, they're, they're just the same as you. You don't need all that stuff. They all agree that sleep, movement, better thoughts, better training, really investing on the, on a really good quality coach over an internet program or following something off Instagram. They all believe in that. So always remember that support people for sure. Cause I still support these people, but 
When they start throwing these things out, they're throwing them out there because they're capitalizing on them. And you don't need that shit. And they don't need to be pumping that stuff. We all need to be fighting the big fight, which is we need to be eating real food and we need to be going on walks and we need to be moving daily. Because if you guys start to look at those obesity rates and the diabetes numbers and the financial numbers behind that, as I told you the other day, what did you think when you looked that up? I was blown away. Blown away. absolutely floored i mean people it's nuts like we are going broke over a disease that a considerable amount of it we could reverse with in the and all of us influencers would say with ease with absolute ease not by our products but by our real back message which is real food moving (laughs) and like breathing i don't know that's the it's it's that is the answer I've wondered if what is better. So you take the the current thing that we have where you've got infinite uh, accessibility of information. Yeah. And that means that there's also a lot of unnecessary nonsense stuff, a lot of stuff that people are trying to monetize that they maybe they don't necessarily believe in, but they're going to pretend like they believe in it because they're monetizing it. Or... You go back before that when information was much harder to find and there wasn't as much out there. Like, what's better? What's better? I don't know. And Okay. Do you get more information now than you truly did before? Like, yes, overall, like the amount of shit, but the amount of shit we're talking about is what's kind of crippling us too much. Yeah. If you found interest in something back in the day, it sparked a creative mind to figure out how to find this information and maybe look at like guys like Raphael and those guys. Like they found jujitsu and they might have found just as much jujitsu as people can actually consciously digest today, then with with passion and stuff. You know? Yeah. And and now who's to say? Now we can make two different arguments there, because now we can go find so many exercises and moves and diets and things that can be helpful right away and it can get us to a point but you know we can also not have all that information and just start to chip away at the small little you know steps behind things well it goes back to that consistency that we've talked about where it takes time to realize the improvements and everything else from what you're doing and i mean i know i can be like a squirrel you know it's like Mm -hmm. oh look at that that's shiny. Let's go look at that thing. And so you lose sight of, okay, let's just focus on something and get really good at that thing. And then from there, we'll add on to it. We'll look at something different, but let's focus on getting good at this one thing, whatever that is, you know? I mean, if it is in jujitsu, great. I'm going to focus on a particular aspect of it. I'm going to do that for two months. Yeah. Just stick to it for two months or whatever it is. And then, and then move on from there. Or if it is, you know, I want to work on my deadlift and like, okay, I'm going to focus on that for six weeks now and I'm going to consciously design things around that to get better at that. But we just one week to the next, just okay, jump well, on this different is things. where I'm going to throw the, the, my weird psychological mindset with this. So this is what I'm obsessed with looking at that, that thing right there. When you look at somebody who can't do that, it just tells me that they are a person that is stuck in that kind of anxious part of like, and it's not bad. Like we all have this, do not take offense to this. What I'm saying is you can look at somebody and it's like, you're just, 
you're just too anxious. Like you have too much things, you have too much stress, you have too much stuff going on in your head. You're not really going to get it. But then you can tell when somebody is responsible and they say, okay, I am going to dedicate this time for that. What does that mean that I'm now going to dedicate this time for that? Okay. It may mean I'm losing physical activity here and stuff. So maybe I need to get my diet in check so that I don't blow up and wait because I'm highly less active during this period because I'm practicing something else when I used to do all this other stuff. You get what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. but that takes an actual person who's conscious and looking at the entire bigger picture. And I think the biggest problem in, in fitness and all this stuff that we see is we are just too strung out on our day to day schedules and stresses and things that we can never slow down. And the second we slow down, what do we do? We plug in like we never And what you're talking about and what we're talking about is conscious skill-based training, Mm -hmm. which is like a very beautiful thing. That's when somebody like really opens up and becomes vulnerable to like learn something and and takes time and and sacrifices joy and entertainment for that in thing of like the skill of learning something. Yeah. And that makes me think that part of it is if you want to improve in something you said sacrifice, you have to be willing to forsake something else, right? So it's, I feel like we try to do all things at all times to be good at everything. And that's not always possible. And so you have to like let something else go. And it, Is if that, you're talking about like, I want to improve a certain aspect in fitness, like I have to focus on that and I can't, I can't get really strong at a deadlift and get really good at running a marathon at the same time. Like I got to do one or the other and maybe I have some of that other one, but I can't improve drastically on both of those things at the same time. Like it just, you, you can't. And so but people sell programs on that, but we try to, yeah, and like we, we do, we try to, that's what we try to kick out because it's, it sounds good. But then like we, like we've talked about anybody with integrity in a brain and actual knowledge and it just, this is no, you shouldn't, there's two opposing things. Can't do yeah. You know, if you're going to drive backwards at hundred miles an hour and forwards at hundred miles an hour, you're not going to get the same place. Well, it makes me think when I was, had my ankle was hurt. I'm in a boot. I was doing a lot of pull-ups. I got a lot better at pull-ups because mm-hmm. I could, you know, I couldn't do anything with my lower body. I was out of, from doing anything mm-hmm. with that. So I was able to focus on that. Well, I, I have atrophied that because now I'm not doing that as much. And it's yeah, like, you that's lost a, your skill, but it's like, okay, I, because I had to forsake my lower body, that gave me the opportunity to get really good at this other aspect. But then when now I, again, went back to trying to do all things, well, the, the overall level is going to come down okay. a little bit. Okay. So let's, let's, let's leave it with this. I'm trying to think how to, how to put this. You focused on pull-ups. You got better at pull-ups. You took a step back. You still trained pull-ups, but not as, as much. And you didn't have the same capacity at it. The beautiful thing is that once you start to try to bring that capacity up, you had built previous capacity and they can start to say, Hey, thank you. Cool. We can get there a little quicker. Okay. So that's the same sort of thing in like with even like hypertrophy and strength to a degree, you know, somebody can build a certain amount of strength. There's muscle memory. 
So it might be easier for somebody who's been strong before to gain that strength back as it is a newcomer. Um, now, where was I going with this? Dieting. And the same thing with muscle, okay? So the yo-yo dieting, when people, they get lean and they kind of go on that reverse diet, but it spills over too much and they just forget about it for a while. It's bad. And then they go hardcore and they get lean again and they get back. Now, it's not that bad once they're overweight, they get super lean, they get overweight again, they're able to get lean, they've done the process. Now, all good things come to an end. The body's very, very simple. The more you start to yo-yo it back and forth, the more it's like, fuck you, okay? Again, the bigger the extreme becomes, like we talked about with overeating calories, small amounts not going to do a whole lot a big amount's going to do a lot under eating a small amount you're going to burn some fat under eating at a large amount you're going to feel like shit and you're going to start to burn muscle it's just like how the body operates so the more you start to yo-yo back and forth the more you're being an asshole to your body and the more it's not going to want to do things for you same sort of thing with the capacity of things you got good at the pull-ups high capacity we stepped away a little bit, didn't have the same training, want to bring that back. Well, you have an opportunity to be able to get it back faster. But the more that you just bounce back and forth with things, the more the body starts to kind of like, what the, what the hell? And it won't keep the signal as well. So it's not as, as big in, in obviously the pull-up game because you can get that sucker back and stuff. But um, yeah, hormonally with diet and stuff, that dude, that's where America is living. That's where we are living. That's why that, eight, that, that diabetes number was so big. I think 88 million Americans have pre-diabetes, mm-hmm. pre-type 1 diabetes. Like, what? Yeah. Like, so we are living in this back-and-forth yo-yo. At the extremes. At the extremes because people get jacked and fitness influencers motivate a lot of people. And how many people do we both know that have, have done, like, gotten, like, really lean with a trainer? But couldn't come and exercise with us because they have zero understanding of their own body. They have zero understanding of their body in space. They have zero understanding how to like control load. None. But they've been lean as shit, maybe even done a fitness show, and now they're fat as hell again. And they don't know how to get back there without an extreme. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we yeah. talk about that all the time, but all these parallels, there's that language as Cameron, and then we're talking about just comes full circle again. All this stuff is paramount. Yeah, I think that's, think about that, the extremes. We got to get out of here, but that is. So what is the, what is the message there? The message is we know that balance is key, but even in no matter what our endeavors are, jumping back and forth with things, it's our responsibility to try to stay as balanced to being our very best as possible, whether that be psychologically and mentally to providing to the rest of the world or if it's in fitness for just our own body composition. You know, you're better at staying around the middle and staying balanced and use those extremes responsibly than just bouncing back and forth. You just, you're, you're doing yourself a world dis, a disservice. Perfectly said, yep. perfectly said. So I'll strive for that balance in all things. Yep. And like, but like your point is, is that there's a reason for that and that's, 
those extremes aren't just it's nature it's it's taxing and it and it makes yeah. it harder uh, on any number of it's things it's nature so. just showing you dude the more you do this wrong the more we're not going to let you get away with this like it's this period yep that's the way it goes so well thanks everybody for joining us for another episode of the green strength podcast coach luke any one or two final words or how you want them to find you if they've got a question for you find me on instagram at green strength iv and you can also go to the website at greenstrengthhq.com. There you go. So check it out. Send us a message. Let's chat and answer your questions right here on the podcast. So we'll see you next time on the Green Strength Podcast. Podcast.